Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. All right, new topic today is ranked choice voting. Rank choice voting coming to New York City and maybe in a state that you live in today. Um, it's a new concept that is trying to create equity and the ability to uh, vote for candidates and also open the playing field so that we have uh, a, more, a more diverse candidate pool that have the opportunity and the, um, I guess, the opportunity to win. Right. Um, right now, the way the voting process is set up, it's 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 a dual process, meaning that there's primarily Republicans and Democrats and either you fit in one or the other. But many of us today, as you become more informed, don't fit in either or. All, right. We may fit in a little bit of both or we may actually be independents. But what is an independent? Right. So we're not sure where we fit in this. Um, this ranked choice voting is attempting to level the playing field. And that everybody, um, that more people get to influence who their candidate of choice will be for the office that they're um, they're pursuing, and so that's that's going to be great. Um, I'm not saying I'm a fan of it because it's something new, but I'm saying this is on uh, the peripheral, so we should be aware of it. Um, this is something supported by a, an organization called the uh, Fair Vote. It's a not it's a nonpartisan uh, champion of electoral reforms that give voters greater choice a stronger voice, and a representative democracy that works for all Americans. In a nutshell, this organization is really trying to make sure that the playing field is leveled and that <clears throat> everyday people get a chance to influence local politics. And this is more spe- specifically um, targeted toward your um, your state senate, city council, uh, even some of your congressmen, uh, your congressmen, your governor and your mayor, mayoral positions. And so that's where it is targeting. Um, let's talk about what is it? What is it? <clears throat> Ranked choice voting is a process where when you go to the polls, instead of you taking one vote and it's comes out to be a majority vote based on, based on that one vote, now and it's and it's 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 different because it's one vote based on how many people came out during that process, um, and if there's a second process where it has to be a runoff because there's some sort of tie or something, then the voter the voter turnout could be different. So the first time that you're going to vote, it could be maybe say like so let's just hypothetically say it's thirty thousand people voting for someone for state senate, and then there's a runoff because there's some sort of glitch or there's a tie and they have to go back in and 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 have another vote. The next time you vote, you can give 15,000 people a vote in that election. And the candidate that should have won based on the first election numbers loses just based on the fluctuation of people who participated in the vote. And so that's how sketchy that process is, right? So what ranked ranked, uh, choice voting attempts to do is allow you to rank candidates by choice. This is one vote, right? And so in this one vote, 
you have several candidates for one office. And so say you have five candidates for state Senate office, you essentially will rank those candidates one through five in terms of your first being the more likely that you would, you, you most uh, uh, want for the position. And then number five being at least uh, the person that you don't want for the position. So you get to weigh in on every um, person that is applying or, or, or pursuing the office. It also, it, it, it spreads the playing field, right? And so it doesn't matter if you have a, a big enough war, a war chest, right? What it does is that I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk more about this in terms of how it spreads the playing field uh, later in uh, this uh, episode is that right now, essentially in, in terms of where we are now, it, it spreads the playing field by allowing multiple candidates to get in and have a vote and be voted for, right? Um, and with with the voting, in terms of the voting, it's based on distribution of numbers, and right. And so if we if we all go in and we vote, and number one is not consistent, number ones from all voters, but number one is is a range of number ones and a range of number twos and a num- range of number three, then all of a sudden we got a little we got a little popcorn game going here in terms of who's going to come out as the favorite based on all of the voters. Because if your number one choice doesn't garner 50% of the vote, then they are in the runnings with other candidates, right? And so it's also about its distribution. So maybe they get 30% of the uh, first choice vote and then someone else gets a, a, a 29% of the first place vote. And so we got a different ball game in terms of how that works. I'm going to explain more of that. It may be a little confusing right now, but I'm going to explain more as we go into this. It also includes those who are overseas. So if you're in overseas, you're working overseas for a company, um, you'll be allowed to vote in this ranked choice voting, unlike the um, the ballot voting that we have here, because there's a time limit. If you don't get your vote in, most most often than not, people that are overseas may miss the vote. Um, this is more inclusive of those overseas. They vote one time for multiple candidates. It goes in, and then it's on record. And so that's that's the thing. And the, the key here is that you vote one time for multiple candidates that are ranked according to your preference, right? And so. It's not a runoff. It's not coming to the polls multiple times. It's a one-time vote. And then if your number one choice gets bumped, then your number two becomes your first choice. So then your number two becomes number one. If your number two gets bumped, your number one and two gets bumped, your number three then becomes number one. And so it doesn't it, do, it doesn't require us to come into the poll, uh, the voting booth multiple times. It's a one-time deal. Okay, uh, number two. It's also known as, some people may know it as preference voting, instant runoff voting, or single transferable vote, or the alternative vote. So if it's a preference voting, that's you know that's pretty uh, straightforward. It's based on your preference. Again, it's like ranked choice voting because it's your preference from one through five for that person for state senate. There are five candidates, one position, you rank them based on your preference. Um, if it's an instant runoff voting, then instant runoff is is also a runoff. It's multiple candidates uh, going for uh, the the a, a governor position or a mayor position. So it's it's actually for single positions, single um single winner positions, and but there are multiple candidates that you rank, and the one who garners at least fifty percent of or a portion, the largest portion of the vote, will win that single position, and that's what the instant runoff. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have fifty percent. But if your if your ratio of the pie is thirty percent, and you're the highest ratio, you win the you win the election. Okay, um, and then there's single transferable vote, right? It's it's just like ranked choice voting. This is a vote where you take one vote and you split it uh, through multiple candidates, right? And so it's a single vote 
for more than one candidate for the same office, but you should also you rank them. So it's based on a one through five again. This is my one being my uh, first preference, uh, my five being my least preference. Um, and then the last one of this is alternative vote. An alternative vote is simply um, you split the vote again through ranked choice voting, it's one through five. And so they're all the same. So ranked choice voting is what we use in the United States and that we're using in the States uh, right now. Um, New York is going to uh, be adopting this new voting process in 2021. 2021, it'll be a new process when you go to the polls for, to, for voting for your local offices uh, and your governor and your mayoral office. And so look out for that. Let's go to, let's go to what are people saying about this? So there's a, so the, the Fair Vote organization conducted a two-year study. And what they found is that there's a satisfaction with um, the conduct of candidates. When there's a feeling that candidates are trying to um, secure number one votes or two votes, or even a third vote just to stay in the game in terms of when you have multiple candidates vying for positions or vying for your vote, they tend to be a little less uh, negative and um, uh, uh, nasty to one another because they don't want to alienate anyone's um, constituency, which can also alienate their vote, right? And so if not anything, they, oh, everyone wants to secure a number one vote, but you also want to secure a number two, number three, and possibly a number four vote by having a broader uh, platform in terms of what you stand on in your political office. And so right now we have a situation in this country where we're polarized, right? We have just, just two absolute sides, right? We have the democratic side and, you know, democratic slash liberal and everything in that pie. And then you have Republican ultra conservative on the other side, and there's no room in the middle to work. And what it's calling causing is a polarization of our country that's uh, permeating, permeating itself through uh, corporations and jobs, communities, neighborhoods, the way people deal with one another and it's creating a, a real strain on our, our country in terms of this being a melting pot and a way for everyone to get in. And so to get away from polarization, this ranked choice voting is attempting to do that. And so with, there's a satisfaction with the process. Uh, it's supported by all, um, all groups, right? Um, because they believe that their opinion in the voting process counts, right? And so if I have an, have an opinion about who being my number one and being number two, number three, that's, that's going to be suggested in how you rank your voters, right? It's also going to be suggested and based on the candidates and how they are pursue you and pursue your vote and try to incorporate your beliefs and your opinions in their platforms. There's also num the number three, it's, it's supported. Okay, so supported by the majority of people. There's greater satisfaction with the um, campaign process. And so the campaign process, you know, one of the things that I, I know personally, I'm disgusted with watching uh, the presidential campaign or even watching, um, you know, local campaign politics and the, 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 the messages that come across our television in terms of, um, you know, commercial commercials that are paid for by candidates and, and endorsed by candidates. And it's a little disgusting because everybody's appearing to be a criminal. You know, if we if all of our candidates are appearing to be criminal and it does some sort of uh, corruption, then who's there to vote for? I mean, you go to the polls now, you kind of like, well, you know, it's the less of two evils. Right. And so um, there's no satisfaction with the process. And it's a kind of a, a major disappointment with the candidates who do win is because there's no faith in that individual because of so much trash and dirt that, that's been um, thrown on that candidate. And so, you know, the question is, number three, is it better?
one, it encourages candidates to to play nice in the sandbox, right? Uh, we have to seek; they have to seek broader support, and so they have to be a little more uh, uh, inclusive of their ideas. They have to be inclusive and and a little more uh, collegial with the people that are running with them. I mean, this is a behavior that we have to demonstrate when we go to work, right? So how come candidates are not demonstrating that in this race? They are representing um, the uh, uh, the United States of America. And if they're representing, they should be on their best behavior because it is it is a public forum. Many people are watching, and, and, and especially our families and our children. And so therefore, they need to be on their best behavior, right? And so this ranked choice voting uh, promotes that. Um, the... So it promotes positive campaigns. It promotes them reaching out to broader audiences and it creates more choice, right? Um, this, this takes, this takes away party lines, right? And it's about where's the, where is the best message coming from, right? I may be assigned a on Democrat or assigned a, a, a Republican or independent. I may have be uh, um, connected to those groups, but I'm, but I'm more connected to the message and the purpose of someone's work, right? And so that creates more choices and, and it allows us to include um, anyone. It allows us to uh, to be inclusive of other ideas that may be more functional for the way we want to live, right? Um, and so it works across party lines. And so is it better? Well, that's that's question. That's one's, that's one's question. Um, it'll be something that we experience uh, going forward. Um, and you have to see, you know, if it works for you when we see it in 2021, based on those elections that come out then. Um, and so let's see. Let's see. That's that's question is to, you know, we don't have an answer for that right now. So that question has yet to be answered. Um, who's using it right now? Um, the people that are using it in the states that are using it are satisfied with the process. That I can tell you. Uh, there are 50 colleges and universities that use it. Uh, the Oscars and the Academy of... Um, of motion motion pictures and arts, they you they use it uh, to for their for their candidates. Um, private organizations uh, following Robert's rules of order use it, and and so it allows everyone to get in because you know often than not if you get the majority in a situation and there's no consensus, someone is unhappy. The right choice voting the attempt is to get a more broader uh, influence of of voters that have something to say and have opinions about what they think is right and wrong. And so it allows everyone to get in and it levels the playing field. And the, and the hope behind this process is that you get somebody who's a little more balanced and um, adaptable to the majority of people and not just one segment of, of, of people in America. Um, so what is the strategy for winning this process in this ranked choice voting? There's the strategy is that, you know, this is similar to in New York City public schools when um, uh, you apply for uh, high schools at the high school level, not not necessarily at the K through um, eight level, but a high school level. They have um, this. It, I, I think it's like ranked choice voting. It's kind of like the lottery. Right. Um, when when students are in middle school and it's time to graduate uh, middle school and select a high school. They have a list of 12 schools they can select from. In those 12 schools, they have to position the schools based on the order, the order of preference from being the, the most favorite to the, the least favorite uh, order. And so number one would be their, their top choice, and they would put a school's name there as a number one choice and say, I really want to go here. 
But if you can't get in that school because there's no more seats, where do you want to go? Number two. So I want to go here. And then you have 12 choices. And some people, they put like the top five, they put one school and they, you know, they try to put the school, they duplicate the school over and over again several times. And then they put another school. But it allows uh, students more, they call it student choice. They allow students to have student choice. There's no districting, districting anymore in um, New York City. So it's not about, you know, I live in Brooklyn. I'm about to go to, to high school in Brooklyn. I live in Queens. I'm going to go to high school in Queens. I can go to high school anywhere within the five boroughs of New York City based on my rank choice. If there's a seat for me and I apply and I apply at enough time, I can possibly get my number one choice and go to a school from Brooklyn or from the Bronx to Staten Island because that is my number one choice. It's sort of like the college game, right? Um, and some schools are screen schools where you have to take tests and you have to do other things. Some are portfolio schools where you have to, you know, you have to audition. And some are, you know, are schools that are, that are based on uh, specific uh, uh, interests and identities. And some schools are, you know, open, right? And But still, they're all based on a, a ranked choice uh, strategy. So what's the strategy for winning? We know, you know, when I was a high school principal, one of the things I know is that I had to get a strong core of first choice uh, votes, right? And so I had to get most of my most of the students that I was pursuing um, to vote for me number one, to put me number one on their on their high school applications. Now, what it took for me to do that, it took me to be personable. It took me to go into those eighth grade classrooms and meet kids. It took me to go to uh, parent engagement opportunities and 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 meet parents and have personal conversation. It took me. Away from being behind a closed door, a desk, an office, a wall, and had to take and I had to be personable and get out there and connect with people because, you know, believe it or not, you know, when you have other people do the work, you know, they're connected to those other people. As long as we have those other people in your organization, you'll have those people come to you. But when they leave your organization, so do the people. But when people are connected to the leader of the organization, they tend to uh, stay with that leader as long as the leader's there and you have a legacy there. So they'll bring their, 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 um, nephews and nieces and cousins and everybody else will go because they're connected to the leader. And so it's it, it's really important to go get a strong base of first choice uh, voters, right? Uh, the other thing is that you have to appeal to a broader audience. Your message cannot be narrow. You have to say, you know, listen, um, what are the, the masses, the majority of people want in this community? And then you have to tailor your message to meet that need. And then you have to move your policy in terms of your policy decisions or policy ideas and strategies for um, for uh, changing or enhancing communities. You have to speak to the broader audience. It is not about a, a subset of people in, in the in the neighborhood. It's, it's about the majority of people that live in the community. And what's the so when you take the majority of people of, of, of the community, what is the makeup and what does it become? What's the identity of that community? You have to begin to understand it and then address your policy um, your policy uh, uh, offerings to the people that are there. Um, and it reduces negative statements, you know, because one of the things is it's our politics is so nasty today um, that many of us have opted out of listening to it. Now, that's the problem. The problem is because we're not listening to it, we're missing the message. We're missing the message that we need to know in order to vote. So when we go to these polling sites, many of us are either confused because we have so much, uh, so many messages that are just being um, tailored to by uh, pundits and and speaking heads that we don't know what to, what do we know, what we don't know what we know and don't know about candidates, and so we go to the to the voting sites and it's kind of like a hail mary, and we just kind of like close our eyes and we flip the switch, right? And that's really not any way to vote. So ranked choice voting gives you a more personable connection with. Um, 
candidates who are pursuing offices and that they have to really get they have to do a, a good job in you getting to know them because they their rank is uh, important to you knowing them. All right. So that's that's that number five is strategy for winning. And then the last one is what are people saying about it? No, no, we did that. We said the last one, what are people saying about it? We said, well, who's using it? Okay, so known as, okay, so we, we covered all of this. We covered all of this. Great, great, great. And so this is coming to New York City 2021. It's already in California. It's, uh, it's in Michigan. Uh, it's in a tri-state area up here. It's going to be in your state, so look for it. It's something that is going to change the game. You may be a little confused when you walk in to the voting site. You may not even understand what this means. And, and that's that's one of the other difficulties with this is that um, here in this episode, I've, I've given you an opportunity to understand what this means. And so that when you see it, you'll be familiar and you know how to engage it. It's simply in a nutshell, it means that you go into a polling site. It's for a state Senate. There are five candidates. These five candidates are going to be uh, maneuvering to get your attention and going to be maneuvering to create identities for themselves in a real clear way so that you know what they stand for. Uh, they're going to be um, citing policies that are going to be more grounded and speak to the majority of voters. And they are going to be looking for you to vote, uh, to rank them as number one, as your number one choice. But you have the option of, of seeing multiple candidates and saying, I like this guy and I also like this guy, but I like this guy more or I like this guy at least. And then you can rank those uh, individuals accordingly. When when the math rolls out, when the math rolls out, they'll be looking for who has 50% more of the vote. If it goes off into a runoff and it's another round, then it goes into who has the, the most share of the pie from the majority of voters. And then that person wins. But essentially... It's it's you know it's you have to have gone a fifty percent of the vote on the first round. If you gone a fifty percent of the vote uh, on the first round, you are a clear winner. You win the you win the uh, the vote, and it also uh, is consistent with that the majority of voters uh, agree with that decision. And so that's very different from the way we operate now, because sometimes we just don't understand how people won, right? Sometimes it's popularity, and sometimes it's not. It also changes the game in terms of districting and representation of what we call blue states and red states, right? Um, now you can't, in these situations, depending on the message that are coming from candidates, you can't claim that a red state is going to produce a red candidate, or, or in other words, a Republican candidate, or a blue state is going to um, produce a, a Democratic candidate. It could be different. It could be different because ranked choice voting changes the game. And now this, this popcorn machine or this lottery changes the game. and You don't know how it's going to come out because you can have candidates knock each other out. Or, or, or knock each other into a lower ranking, depending on someone else's ranking, right? And so it becomes a very different ball game and maneuvering, um, and it changes the game in terms of uh, this polarization in our country, and we have to become a more inclusive of the ideas of others, right? And getting uh, winning the vote in our states um, with our constituencies. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again, and stay tuned.